0: You don't have to be positive all the time. It's perfectly okay to feel sad, angry, annoyed, frustrated, scared, and anxious. Having feelings doesn't make you a negative person. It doesn't even make you weak. It makes you human. And we are here to talk through it all. We welcome you to These Fucking Feelings Podcast. A safe space for all who needs it. Grab a drink and take a seat. The session begins now. what is up guys and welcome to these fucking feelings podcast i am micah got my girl rebecca over here (laughs) and our special guest taya mccato right yes okay and then the book we gotta talk about the book so it is oh my god this is this this
1: this grief thing fucking sucks
0: yeah this grief thing fucking sucks okay so now we believe that the best way to kind of introduce yourself would be for you to introduce yourself. Okay. So go ahead and tell the people about you.
1: Perfect. All right. Well, yeah, my name is Taya Mikado. Um, I am a new author, a young author of, for the book, This Grief Thinking Sucks. I am a mixed Yonsei Canadian, which means that I'm fourth generation Japanese Canadian. Um, and I currently reside in um, Yeah, I'm really excited to explore conversations about grief um, and hear more about what other people have learned through their own grief experiences to help bring awareness and destigmatize grief and its relationship to mental health.
0: Okay. That's
2: great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I did read that um, you are donating $3 to the Hard Feelings uh, Foundation for every book sold.
1: Yeah, so this month during like the month of May, um, if for Mental Health Awareness Month in Toronto here, there is a counseling service that offers like um helps with the price of counseling. So it'll offer people that have less than fifteen hundred dollars for mental health services, um, like discounted counseling. Um, it's a service that I've benefited from using, and so three dollars of every purchase of a book this month uh, is going to them, and I hope to do other kind of um opportunities like this in the future with different organizations, uh, as great. life goes on.
0: Yeah, that is super
1: great. Yeah.
0: Cause I don't know my first book, y'all not getting $3.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We've, we've, uh, spoke with other mental health, uh, you know, advocates and authors, and you're the first one that I've spoken with or that, you know, we've interviewed who are donating to, you know, charities and so
1: forth. So I commend you for that. Thank you. I think it um, also comes from just having the being in a privileged position, I think, to be able to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful with how like successful that the book has been so far. I am a self-published author. um, So I've been kind of doing things a little bit differently uh, than maybe a traditional author Mm -hmm. would with a publishing company that has some more influence. So this was kind of a part of my, um, Publishing was kind of to bring awareness, but also to maybe create some partnerships and resources that for people like me um, and my communities for mental health, at least in Toronto, and maybe bigger one day right.
0: worldwide.
2: Yeah, to yeah. be not only first-time <laughs> author but also publisher right out the
1: gate. That's pretty. a little bit more work than i thought it was gonna Uh, be i
0: guess before we officially get to that part i wanted to know what made you this what made you what caused you to decide that you wanted to write a book wow i worded that weird
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it's a great question i i talk a little bit about it in the intro of my book but there are lots of things that went into it and lots of things that i didn't add as well but um at the end of it was that I found writing very therapeutic for me. It was one of the things that I turned to throughout grief and throughout life and mental health and everything. Um, and there came a point about four years ago where I'd had a whole bunch of poems and a whole bunch of things that I really loved and that were helping me just get through my days. Right. And I was like, you know, maybe I could turn it into a book. And it also kind of came at the same time that I was looking for literature that I was reson- would resonate with. Right. And there wasn't that much. Exactly. Um in that young adult grief kind of more modern approach that might not be as religiously tied. Wow. Um, yeah. So I was like, sure, you know what, like I'll just see how it goes. And that's also why I self published cause I was kind of just taking it at my own pace. Um, and I wanted to just see what we could come up with. Um, and slowly this happened and it just kind of, I, I was really lucky to find Friesen press publishing, which is like a Canadian self publishing medium. Okay. Um, that helps. So they helped yeah. me by providing editors and whatnot so that I could still get, you know, it wasn't all just on me. <laughs> I had some like backing and people to talk to that helped me through it. But yeah, it's an interesting process doing it that way. And, um, but it's been a lot of fun.
0: It's crazy. But well, if you ever need an editor, Rebecca over
1: here,
0: <laughs> she comes with at least once a week to tell me every mistake I made in an email. Okay. <laughs> You said this and you meant that. You did this. You did that. So, you know, yeah. yeah. There's a
1: market for it. <laughs> there, there,
0: is, sure. there is. There is. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so let's. I guess things. let's go ahead and dive into it and ask. Like, when was when was the first time you felt grief or that you knew yeah. grief is what you were feeling?
1: <sighs> so the first time I. I think I understood what grief was would have been after the passing of my dad. um, And that was when I was 13. um, And that was to suicide. And so it was kind of one of those more um, difficult types of conversations and things to like move forward with, right? Because it wasn't just a death. It was also this conversation about mental health, like, and what is suicide and all of these like, really kind of heavy topics and doesn't make a lot of sense, maybe, for younger people like myself. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, when you were 13, <laughs> niggas, like, how do you, how do you process? <laughs> is going no, no one, 100%. His dad is dead, but then also it was like, oh, my God, like, he did it to himself. And it's like, how do you? How do you
1: understand that? And to this day, I think it's something that I still am working to understand. And uh, within my own mental health, within the mental health of others and hearing other suicide loss survivors stories. um, I think it's one of those things that's kind of a part of human life that's hard to understand for a lot of people and for ourselves. Um, So yeah, that was kind of I think my first real experience of like, having having to understand what grief is while I had lost grandparents, and maybe uncles prior to that. I always had like a really strong support system of family um, that kind of helped me get through it without having to ask those kind of harder questions to myself. What is grief? And how is this going to affect me? Um, But my mom was really, uh, it was really important to her after our dad passed away that we start to approach those questions. And that's something I'm going to be forever grateful for. Because I mean, that's how this book came about, you know, that's how I think I got to where I am today, where I can have these conversations and um, I'm willing to, like, you know, help other people maybe understand their grief, um, but also still working to understand my own.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. And um,
1: I think
2: that'll
0: sorry, <clears throat>
1: no, it's good. No, it's fine.
0: Ladies first.
2: <laughs> I was just going to say that I don't know if grief in in general will ever stop being a work in progress for some people. That's just pretty much all I was going to say. I mean, I've been grieving myself for, oh, geez, five, six years now. And I don't know, some people, I guess just everybody grieves differently and in their own time.
0: Yeah. uh, I definitely
1: agree. Oh, yeah, please. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) I was just going to say, I totally agree. I think like, the ideas that you get over grief or that grief kind of disappears. Like, I personally don't align with that because I think it's like you, it's always going to be a part of you and an experience you had, like feeding into your identity. And so it's more like, and there's so many good ways that people have like vocalized this. And I wish I knew the authors that had said it, but it's you're making space for grief in your life. It's going to continue to take up space in your oh, yeah. life. And it's just a part of you and actually in the book the way that i kind of went about describing it is it's like another person that's now with you on your journey Mm -hmm. and you're kind of learning how to tolerate them when it's like you know a day (laughs) maybe you don't want them around um but also like help them like feed into the good parts of your journey and all that so there yeah there's really cool ways to think about it but i think a lot of people would agree that it's not something that goes away right yeah
2: i like the way you put it you befriend
1: your grief
2: you prefer yeah. different <laughs>
1: grief yeah there we go
2: <laughs> i like the way that you put that and i might try to figure out how to do that with my own
0: Okay. Look at the head higher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell you're already changing the world. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know how I'm going to do it yet.
0: But, but, hey, at least, you know, you want to do it. It's kind of like the first step. Like, anyway. The first step is ac- yeah. accepting it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, I'm actually, we were talking about it earlier, especially with you coming on, because I think, you know, you mentioned my fa- my father before we started. He died in um, October of 21 from covid um, or complications of COVID, as they say, and I grieved immediately. Like it was sad that moment. Sad the next day. You know, <laughs> it was sad for a while. But I never felt like I don't feel like I'm grieving anymore. And it, I feel like I didn't grieve them enough. Is kind of like the hmm. the thing I'm dealing with right now. So it was like when I, when you came on, I was like, okay, we are about to have this conversation because I'm like, it, it feels like I. I accepted it. You know, I talked to my brothers and and still now, you know, it's like every time they see a bag of his favorite chips, he's getting a picture, you know, or I'm getting a picture is what I meant to say. You know, people are taking pictures and sending it to me and I'm like, they just carry it with them so heavy. And then, but to me, I don't feel heavy about it. I feel like I'm a horrible person for real. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like the most horrible person ever because like, I miss my dad, but it's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay with it. It's so stupid. It's stupid. <laughs>
1: I actually completely agree with this. For the first, like several years after my dad passed away. So one of the things I've used to describe is like waves of grief. And I feel like different parts of life and there's kind of, it comes to me in waves. And so when my dad first passed away, that right away, like I know, I think immediately uh, there's always the shock and the trauma that comes with that. And you do have to process that. And that is part of grief. But there were a couple years there where I also wasn't really like I guess in tune with grief it wasn't something that was taking up a huge part of my thoughts every day it was more like I had accepted it kind of how you described it there I was like this is just what happened and yeah it's a part of me and it's you know all this but it, it doesn't affect me maybe the way that other people are showing that it's affecting them like my mom, who, yeah, like a favorite bag of chips or, you know, a favorite brand would show up and it's like immediately maybe tears or oh and like a happiness of a memory that was, you right, know, reminded right. them of. And so I think it would be interesting to revisit this conversation with you even in three years and be like,
0: you okay, still it's feel a, that hey, way? You, <laughs> <laughs> it's been, you know, it's going on two years now and I just like, ah, uh, you know, my brother sent me a, a picture the other day and I was like, hey, but it's like, I feel like sometimes I even forget about him. Oh, yeah. I'm about to sound real horrible. <laughs> no. I feel like sometimes, because I, ke- I have a t shirt, like all of us got uh, t shirts with his picture on it for his funeral. Because he didn't want like a, a reception, what you call him a wake or, or whatever it is. He <laughs> wanted a barbecue. He wanted everybody to get out and barbecue. So that's what we did. We barbecued. Um, But I keep that T-shirt, like, in my passenger seat because I feel like I need to do things to remind me of his existence sometimes because I'm, like, mm. so caught up in my own world that sometimes I let it sl- slip out my mind that, number one, he existed and even, number one, that he's dead or number two, that he's dead. And it's like it's no – my father didn't cause any trauma in me, so it's not like I hated him. I genuinely love my father. He was a great guy, you know, <laughs> but it's just weird. I'm like – you know, mm. I put the chips on the board, not because I saw him and I wanted to remember him, but because I want to make sure I remember him. You know, it's the things that I'm doing because yeah. I feel like, I don't know, it's it's hard to explain. It
2: looks that like is. he has a passenger in his car.
1: Like, that's, yeah. just, the shirt is open
0: <laughs> That's
1: actually kind of sweet, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. I do it because it's like, I don't want to forget him because I feel mm. like there were moments where I forgot him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, I don't mm. never, you know, I don't never, I don't know what I'm going through mentally, and if this is normal or not normal, but I don't want to try to erase him from my life or who he was in my life, you know.
2: If that isn't a classic example of somebody grieving their own way, I don't know what is, <laughs> you know, hundred yeah. percent.
0: You know what I do though, yeah. but when I think of grief, I think of like sadness. Yeah,
2: well, that's you know? not like, always I, like that, and right? Like, I don't
0: have like <laughs> a sadness about it, you know. It's like my heart's not heavy. Mm -hmm. you know where to just like you know I could sleep fine you know it's like yeah
1: I think it's it's interesting
0: it bothered me that I didn't feel because you know I was constantly Uh talking to my brothers I'm sorry she's like you brought me up here for you to talk
1: no (laughs) I want to hear this is so interesting because I do even write in the book about I'm like it's the natural response to loss and that can mean anything for anybody so it's really a great opportunity to hear people like you that have maybe this specific grief coping right. stride. Like this is how it works for you. This is how you no, respond I like to loss in,
0: in my life because I'm a trauma guy. I, I had a lot of trauma growing up. If, if there was a situation that something negative could happen to you, I, it would happen the molestation, the childhood okay. sicknesses. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, eh, typical or not typical, not so typical, you know, storybook life, but um, it was a lot of trauma and pain. So sometimes I feel like I'm just good with like processing pain because I had to mm-hmm. process it for so long, you know, I'm in my forties now. So, you know, pain is just like, eh, what is pain? You know, so I process it. And I feel like I just process it because I know how to, mm-hmm. and I process like everything, Yeah, you know, it, and it's just, I don't know. I try to make excuses for it because it, it bothers me. It really does. I'm like, Oh my God, is my dad. I should be sad. I should be like, you know, people make posts or, oh, I miss John and I miss, you know, and it's like, I don't do that. And it's like, oh. (laughs) I think
1: it's really nice to hear that because I bet you there's other people in that same situation as you, right? That have maybe, and they feel kind of unsettled with that, that being their response. But I know that it can be like so different for everybody and it will maybe change and evolve with time. But it's interesting that you bring up it's like maybe also a product of all the previous trauma that's like led to this response. Right. And I think, um, especially when it comes to grief, we have to be like mindful that all of those experiences really feed into how we grieve and how we, like understand each other's grief because we'll never really be able to understand each other's grief (laughs) i like but i don't think we'll
0: ever be completely able to understand each other period but
1: (laughs) (laughs) 100 percent. and so it's i think it's really nice that you share that because i i bet you other people are like what's wrong with me but i -hmm. think it's also interesting when you say it's like um it's You're not sad. You don't feel like how people traditionally might say grief right. is very sad. Um, And in my book, I kind of wrote, I was like, that's one of the really like kind of hard parts about grief and maybe a bit of a stigma around grief is that it is synonymous with sadness and yes. longing and mourning. And it doesn't have to be. It can be a really beautiful thing. It might be different from what you're saying right now, right, where it's right, like... Right. Mm. It's just like not affecting me, right. but it can also be like a really positive thing for people. And that also kind of makes them feel like excluded from that conversation of
0: grief, right. which
1: isn't fair to you. to th- Right. And so it's kind of nice to hear those stories and hear that different grief apo- approach to grief.
0: I think I have a, a different approach to everything.
1: <laughs> oh, he, he is not wrong. He is not
0: but, wrong. But, but let's talk a little bit about your grief. Yeah, if that's, okay, if that's, okay. <laughs> Look, if that's okay. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about you. So, yeah. I mean, thirteen. Your 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 dad passed. I'm guessing people are trying to figure out how to explain it to you. What is is like? Do you remember your thoughts as a thirteen year old?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like to an extent. And actually one of the things that um one of the topics in my book I talk about is uh I'm not a reliable narrator. I'm going to say that up front right now because I think one of my responses to grief and trauma I think for many people is not remembering things 100% accurately, right? Or kind of creating maybe these other perceptions of it as a way to cope um but i do have some vague memories of the day and what my mom was trying to tell me um and after that my mom trying to explain that you know it's not necessarily a bad thing like there's a lot of stigma around suicide and self-harm and it's not necessarily something that um is we should feel guilt over even though a lot of people that are suicide loss survivors feel a ton of guilt um And so a lot of those conversations, especially for a young adult who's going through transitional phases, you know, as a woman, and and even just in life, it was a lot to kind of wrap my head around. And I think it still is. And it's still one of those topics that I'm like, not totally sure where I fall on it. And I'm not totally sure like what I or confident in like an opinion. I don't think I have an opinion on it. But I do know that how it affected my grief is different from, for instance, my mom, because it is a bit of a, I do feel a bit of guilt as I do. I think most people who are suicide loss survivors. Um, And so that part of it, I think is a little bit different. And that's, it also just goes into how grief can manifest so differently.
0: Now, and were you going, was it like, that you felt you should have done something or you felt you, sh- you could have known? Was it that kind of the grief that you went through?
1: Absolutely. So with my dad, he was kind of like a, a jock athlete, very quiet type. And so even if, and I wrote about it, even if he was having mental health issues, we would have never known. And he wouldn't really have been one to talk about that just because it would have been very out of character. And I'm hoping <laughs> by talking about it now yes. that those types of people and those personalities know that Okay, to talk about it, right. it it's can be a part of your personality. It's to okay, for it.
0: men to talk about it, because I think it's a you know it's a stigma of weakness, and it's not, right. Right. you know, exactly. it's definitely not.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, if anything, it's strength. You know, strength, to be yeah, able to strong. talk about. It. I know you talk about that a lot on this podcast about like the strength of just having owning your mental health Absolutely. and exploring it. Right. Um, so yeah, I think there was a bit of guilt that like obviously we felt like. What we, we weren't there to help, you know, like he was going through all of this and we didn't even know. And I think that that's
0: you hard. still feel now. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. No, I, yeah. Like it is something I'd say to this day. It's like, I'll, I'll even think about something. I'm like, oh. You know, how did I not think of that? Like before, I mean, I was 13, you know, and my sister was eleven. like, I'm obviously like, <laughs>
0: yeah, we also didn't
1: even know much about mental health. Like at that time, it wasn't as- We
0: didn't talk about it then. And I think even now, like the stigma, and I think that's a big reason we do the podcast is because, you know, it's therapy and pills and nobody wants to do that. And it's like, wait, there's more than, the, those things are okay. We're never saying they're not. Right. But for people who don't want to try it, Mm-hmm. try this angle you know but still try it because trauma is real <laughs> yeah
1: nobody's like and i think it's like nobody's perfect parent so there's yeah. always gonna always be things too that you can work on and improve on and trauma that you're going to have even if it's in like not a huge form compared to somebody else i mean i don't believe in
0: comparing trauma mm-hmm. <laughs> or so. you know what you took the words out of my mouth because that's all i was gonna say i know sometimes some people rebecca's actually known for doing it because uh She'll say sometimes like, "Well, I, I, I haven't been through as much as you have," oh, yeah. um, and I'm like, "That doesn't mean crap." <laughs> yeah. Because if the, the worst pain you felt in your life was a paperclip, that equals my cancer. <laughs> you know, if that is the worst pain you ever felt, and this is the worst pain I ever felt, we're ultimately feeling the same thing—just badass pain. You know. <laughs> so it's like you don't with you no comparison. I just wanted to stop just to emphasize. That point that, you know, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be comparing trauma or grief with anything anybody else is doing. It's -hmm. okay for you to get help. It's okay to seek help because it should not be this person has more or less than me. I mean, I feel like sometimes it's bad when people tell you to be grateful for what you have because I feel like it's like with that gratefulness, they also give you guilt. Yeah. You know, (laughs) be grateful for it, but also feel guilty about it because these people don't have it. And it's like, stop comparing. (laughs) Thank you. Yes,
1: I agree. And I think it creates also um, like this expectation of resilience out of people that haven't maybe suffered a certain type of trauma or compare if you're going to compare. Right. Like they people are like, well, you should be resilient because you haven't. But I'm like, if anything, like what you just said, how you had all this trauma in your childhood maybe prepared you to be able to handle grief and coping with loss a lot better than somebody that hasn't. At the end of the day, the goal is that everyone's mentally healthy. And if right. you have to recover from a paper cup, c- paper clip cut to right. be mentally healthy, let's make sure you do that.
0: <laughs> definitely. definitely. But yeah. if you are doing that, then you really are crazy. So you should definitely <laughs> seek help. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> so, okay. So that happens. Mm-hmm. You get... um kind of living your life now without dad and you're growing and you're aging and you're becoming wiser and now mom.
1: Yeah. And so I think that was kind of the, a bit of a shock (laughs) that comes because I, you don't think you're going to be a part of that small percent of people that will lose both their parents (laughs) before their, I was uh, 18 when my mom passed away. So before turning 19
0: Um, and my mom just still a teenager.
1: I was still, yeah, I was in my teens when all of this happened. Um, and my sister was only 11 and 16 when all of this happened. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was obviously, like, a, just a shock. And it was an accident. Um, she was on a, riding a motorbike. She was a hobby motorbike rider. It was awesome. She was so cool. Um, <laughs> and it just was a fluke accident. Uh, and so, yeah, another kind of uh, traumatic loss in that it was... Definitely. unplanned, unprepared, you know,
0: it was no way to know,
1: no way to know. Um, And so yeah, that grief came very differently. I was now an adult. Um, We now inherited a lot of responsibility that being my mom and dad's lives, um, and all their things. And so I kind of got to see like two very different experiences of grief, because of these kind of situations, and how they played into each other, which I think has been the most interesting for me at
0: least. Were you more angry with your mom?
1: I wasn't angry actually. So I more like angry at the world. (laughs) That was how I was describing it. Um, Because I, a lot of people actually were really angry that my mom chose to continue to pursue like being a motorbike rider. And she was a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. She like did skydiving as a kid, like all this stuff. So some of my, my like extended friends and family and communities were a little upset with her, for the choice. And I always said like, and I say something I stay strong on, like, I can't ever be upset with her for that because she showed us how to live life despite feeling all of this grief and all of these, like, you know, she dealt with a little bit of the mental health stuff after my dad died, you know, as a fair result of being widowed in that way. Um, And so she taught us that we should continue doing the things that we love and finding like, things to love in the world. And so I was never angry at, you know, making the choice to like well, continue riding motorbikes.
0: <laughs> it it must've been meant for you to answer the question that way. Cause that wasn't my question. Okay. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> no, I guess what my question was, but that was a good answer. I was like, okay, we're just gonna let her go. Because <laughs> <Thank no. laughs> was that yeah. what, was part of your grief, like more angry with your mom yeah. than it was your dad.
1: Yeah. Like I was angry at like the situation, way more so with my mom than my dad I think knowing when my dad died I I felt very supported with my mom my mom was an incredible she was a nurse so she also was like very aware of health
0: and caring
1: for people (laughs) yeah um but like losing that and she was probably a big source of my strength and my grief like support just throughout my life and would have been that was what really kind of got me was like oh my goodness like how am I going to do this now without her? The mm-hmm. one that kind of helped me grieve
0: before. And you have something now, you have your little sister that's looking to you. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm looking to her. I feel like a lot of the time <laughs> she's like, she's so tough. Um, I really like grateful. That's one of the things I'm most grateful for is that I have a sibling to go through this with that can actually relate to. And I can have those conversations about my parents that nobody else really would have known. Um yeah. So I'm really grateful for her. And it's been a lot of kind of interesting fun to learn about how she deals with things versus how I deal with it. And th- so. That was going to
0: be my next question. Did she did she have a, a harder time than you or did hers kind of seem lesser? <sighs>
1: That's hard to say because I think like a, a lot of um, her, she copes very differently than I do. I've been a bit more open. I mean... I'm the one that <laughs> went to publish a book. She's like that would never be in her right, cards. Right. <laughs> she's uh she's been like kind why of the close our
0: business,
1: a hundred percent. And I feel bad to this day. I'm like this wasn't really my story alone to tell. Like right. it is like the story of kind of us. And so I did ask for her permission prior to doing this, and I I would keep trying to check in to make sure she's okay with me right, sharing these parts of our lives. But it has been interesting to like see that she grieves very differently than me, even though we've had these similar experiences.
0: Definitely. I guess yeah. it's just the way each person is made it differently for real, for real, you know?
1: Totally. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I saw in one of your TikToks that uh, you have five reasons you have a, a beef with May. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> yeah. well, I wanted you to tell our listeners what your beefs are with May.
1: Would love to. Um, I think it's just funny because all of these things seem to fall in this month. Um, So the first one is it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I'm very grateful for that. However, I think a lot of us that have dealt with mental health issues and are very present in these conversations, it can be a bit of a heavy time as well. Right. And. I mean, for you, I bet you guys are also feeling that way. <laughs> um, then
0: that's the other one. pillows, and that's why I keep be squeezing it. Cause it's like, and then you know what it is too to having to ask people the hard conversation. I mean, the hard questions sometimes. It's like mm-hmm. oh God, you ask them really to relive this moment. I'm sorry.
1: No, it's great. I love the pillows. I've seen them in the other videos and I was like, that's so smart. Honestly, I should be getting a pillow here. I yeah,
0: I'm going to send you one. So oh, send me you. your address and we're going to send you one. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. Um, yeah. So that's my first quell with May. Uh, the second one is it is Asian uh, Heritage Month. And so it is also like all those conversations and being a part of the Asian community and Asian Canadian community. Yeah, there's just a lot of things I want to get involved in um, and I want to you know do, but it also revives. I'm a, um, I'm a descendant of the internment camps in Canada, the Japanese internment camps post-World War II. So it does bring up some of those kind of um, feelings around that and those conversations that are being had right now um, in the Japanese-Canadian community. Uh, so, yeah, another kind of layer. Um, the third one is my mom did pass away on May 5th, and so... May starts off kind of here we go, (laughs) death anniversary. Mother's Day is in May. Right. Obviously, another day where I'm kind of like, oh, it's annoying. Um, And then May 12th is her birthday. And sometimes that falls on Mother's Mother's Day. day,
0: Right. Yeah. It's this year, right? This year. Not this year. year? Thankfully, it
1: wasn't this year. I think May May 14th was. But yeah, it's like every couple years. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of days in May where I'm like, I would normally just prepare myself if I am gonna have a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was one doctor,
0: that some tequila. Yeah. Absolutely. When I saw
1: this, I thought,
2: "Oh yeah, I will forever the rest of my days think of May as Taya." Oh okay. god. <laughs> because this this is just
1: terrible. I'm. I mean. Bless you. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. But yeah, I was like, it's just it always I found it kind of ironic. It's <laughs> like yeah. there's something funny about this month. And I always feel like a little bit differently. My energy's off this month. And I'm like, you know what? Let's own it. This is just a month for me. <laughs> uh,
2: my mom passed in March. Mm-hmm. And I my birthday is in March. And I knew she was going to pass soon. And I love my birthday.
0: Yeah, she does
2: for a lot of reasons, but um, so
0: it's also her husband's birthday. I just wanted to point that yeah. out. Isn't that pretty cool? That is cool.
2: <laughs> Four years apart. He's older. Just had to point that out. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess, kind of selfishly, I knew she was not doing well, and she was going to pass soon. I was hoping and hoping that it wasn't going to be on my birthday. Because that would just ruin my whole life.
0: Sorry, I'm not laughing. I know laughing that's because horrible. I know how serious you are. I know that
2: <laughs> sounds horrible, but I, because I grieve my mother to this day. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, hmm. yeah. That's all I can say about that. That's fair. I'm sorry.
1: That is no, a, it didn't. It didn't fall.
2: Day.
1: Right. right it's not the same day. I just want to. No, it. Didn't, at 20 days later. Okay. Okay. I'm glad for you. Cause yeah, that would, that yeah. it's never fun. If you have to combine these dates, whether it be a good date, a bad date, a bad date and a bad date, like let's just keep yeah. some, some time, some separation, yeah. give ourselves a moment. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also hate, hated the month, May, the month of May.
1: Why do you hate it?
0: Because in Virginia they have like these flies, they call mayflies.
1: Oh,
2: Jesus, <laughs>
0: And they just be stinging you and there's no escaping. They no.
2: don't have them in just Virginia. They have them here
0: too. Well, I haven't experienced them here yet. So I'm just telling you about my experience. And, and and they will last the whole month of May into June when the dragonflies came out. And then the dragonflies used to eat them and that's how they disappeared. But you had to deal with them for the whole month of May. If you wanted to do and, any outside activity, you could not do it.
2: And here we are pouring our hearts out about our feelings. And our grief. And he comes up in here talking about mayflies. (laughs) Mayflies. That's
1: grief.
0: (laughs) It is, right. they used to hurt. I don't
2: understand. (laughs) It's And here you are not even grieving your dad. I mean, like everybody else (laughs) in the world.
0: No, I am just, look, now I'm all nervous because I'm like, I've been here. I I don't live in Virginia no more. So I'm like, I haven't seen a daggone mayfly. No. in
2: certain areas.
0: It's in here, 22 right? days. But, <laughs> okay. It wasn't to belittle. May him, those, those make
2: guys find Micah tonight. No.
0: Oh, <laughs> I promise. I'm
1: just wrong. kidding. I'm kidding. It oh sounds God. a little traumatic. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it honestly was very, very traumatic. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's funny. I think I grieve like a lot of like, you, okay, so let's talk about that. That's weird because I, I grieve like, let me have a pen that I like, mm-hmm. oh, and that Jesus. pen run out of ink. I grieve that pen. Oh my God, you don't understand. I ain't never gonna find a pen like this pen. Yeah. Like, this pen is the greatest thing ever. Like my heart hurts. Like it causes sleepless nights.
2: Oh Lord,
0: because I can't find. And I'm serious I though. I am serious though.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Real. I got like I got rid of a car to get a newer car. I couldn't sleep for three weeks think about my baby. you like, oh, we had some good times together. <laughs> hmm.
1: Maybe, you know, there's like some subconscious grief manifestation happening in that pen, you know, from your dad. Like, you never know.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I've been like this my whole life. If I lose a toy, a penny, a dollar, if I lose something I know I had and I know I had it and I don't have it no more, I cry.
2: So no wonder he's worried about the fact that he's not grieving his dad the way he thinks he should grieve right. his dad.
0: I grieve everything like crazy. But you know what's also okay. I always um, I, I believe he's with me. You know what I'm saying? Because I kinda agree something that's healed.
1: Mm. Well, that's a good point. Huh.
0: huh. Maybe that's- well.
1: <laughs> I get that. I get that. I feel like when you can make a lot of peace with the ideas, like for me, it's like um, my parents live on through the memories. And as long as I keep like the memory of them, they're with, you know, they're with me and they're with my communities. Um, and that's kind of also part of publishing the book is to like, have those memories and kind of legacies live on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it gives me a lot of comfort in knowing that, you know, and I don't feel sad or, you know, the kind of ideas that we're talking about, sadness, longing, (laughs) mourning over it. It's kind of like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, like I can go on and do other things now.
0: (laughs) Well, also, I feel like my father, I always have that question, like, will my father be proud of me? So that I do think a lot, like, will he be proud of me? Like, I just cursed out this old woman. Will my dad be proud of me?
1: (laughs) No, absolutely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't he be? I mean.
0: Sometimes that's the only like questions I do be having. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we actually are, I just got to brag a little bit. We are number twenty-three. Ranked number twenty-three out of the top one hundred mental health, no, health and fitness podcasts. We ranked number twenty-three. We ranked number seven in mental health podcasts.
1: Amazing! That That is to be proud of. I feel like and
0: Kutcher about to come out and tell me I'm being punked.
1: yeah
0: it's it's like a little don't
1: do
2: it ashton don't (laughs)
0: please don't do it i would just destroy me you hear me (laughs) Mm. so i I scream
2: really loud when i'm scared so don't come out no
0: No taken. i scare them all the time
2: he does We work together in our day jobs, which we say in just about every podcast. Right. I've heard that.
0: (laughs) Day job that I don't want to be at no more. That's why I'm glad to be seven right now. (laughs) Mm Because I'm like, can I become syndicated? I don't know who I need to talk to with powers to be. Yeah. You know, let us talk about these fucking feelings. (laughs) Let's talk
1: about them. (laughs) No. I think I appreciate I've the episodes I've listened to. I've really appreciated the way that you dive into it, the not being scared to broach these conversations and ask those questions. Cause I do think that there are things that people think and people are curious about Um, and yeah, seeking some answers around. So that's yeah. awesome. Definitely you know, I, proud of.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I, I you know, I, I feel like I kind of went through, I don't know, my moment of trying to discover who I was and, in order to properly do that, I had to take like a little memory trip to all my trauma and to go visit them for a little bit, you know, and, and mm-hmm. hang out with them, but learn from them. And and because I did that, I finally felt peace a little bit. You know, I was like able to rest and relax. And it was like, okay, kind of cool. Like everybody should feel this way. You know, it did uh one thing that I think people hate is that it made me really love everybody, right? Cause I'm like, if people legit went through anything close to what I went through, they've been through some shit. So you know what? You are entitled to that attitude you got today. <laughs> you know, so, so that's just me. Like, you're entitled to, to this stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: agree. <laughs> I,
2: I agree, agree with you on
0: that. To paper.
2: Oh no, I was just thinking about <laughs> um, something you had said in one of your other things I saw today about. Um. The things that you like to hear about, um, like people used to tell you stories about your mother and father and hear about the memories and stuff. That was one of your favorite things and helped you get through and so forth. And I just wrote that on my paper and I just happened to look down and that's what I was thinking about just now. <laughs> So,
0: in the middle of my tirade,
2: yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) ain't paying me no mind. You see, this is why we good co hosts. You don't pay me no mind. Yeah, so let's get back to the point. I kind of wanted to go back to grief a little bit, and and Mm -hmm. more specifically, your grief. So, uh, at what point in your life did you realize that was happening? Like, this is grief, and I need to do something with it because it's not good right now.
1: Yeah, so it would have been probably in my like 15, 16 year old after my dad had passed away. And I, I for a long time kind of ignored it. It was something that I did not want to think about didn't want to talk about. I went to school back to school trying to pretend like nothing happened. I I didn't want to be treated differently. I didn't want to have to talk about it. Um, And so I that was kind of my coping mechanism for a long time was just ignore it. Let's put it behind us. We'll, we'll get to it one day. And I started to, I think, approach that. And I was about 15 and 16 and I was like going through a couple of things. And I realized, I think this might be grief. (laughs) I was like having kind of these mental health moments of like a lot of anxiety um, and different thoughts. And I was like, honestly, I bet you maybe this has to do with, you know, grief. Cause a lot of it comes back to thoughts about my dad and thoughts about my dad's choice and all of these things. And I was like, okay. Why am I feeling
0: yourself about making that choice?
1: Yeah, I think that like a lot of people that are suicide loss survivors kind of scare themselves with that. And if you do have bad days or you do have certain other mental health conditions, you might be like, oh, my goodness, like, is this something that I have the capacity to do? And I think that's also something that a lot of people don't talk about Um, within that community and that are suicide loss survivors that These it becomes a little bit more real. Maybe it wasn't something I thought about prior to the loss of my dad, but I thought about it a lot more after the loss of my dad as something that's just to think about because I'm trying to work through the grief of my dad, but also like what causes people, you know, to get to that point? Or is it is it even that big of a deal? Like is it or is it just a one day bad day kind of thing? And it was hard for us because I think my dad. It took
0: how, how bad does that day have to be if it's just it one day Sorry.
1: exactly no 100 <laughs> percent. and how much of it is a mental health like instability oh, right. or you know just a bad mood right and i think that these are all obviously i'm not a mental health professional so i'm not going to speak neither to are we right
0: <laughs> and i <laughs> and, and, and just put our disclaimer i'm going to have all the numbers down if you Even think about hurting yourself a little bit. There are people that you can call, people that can help. And if it's an emergency, dial 911. Easy Mm -hmm. number, right? Get the help that you need. If it's not an emergency, still get the help you need. Mm -hmm. And if it ain't even close to that, you still need some help. So get it. Okay. Go ahead. Take it away. I
1: really appreciate you saying that because I think that that also is part of it that people don't recognize is how severe does my mental health condition need to be before I seek treatment? And if you're thinking about it, just try, just try it it out (laughs) and see what it'll do. I think there's so many things that just becoming a better person, becoming, you know, more comfortable with yourself, um, therapy and like talking about it. That's a great step just to getting to probably where you want
0: to go. Definitely. Um, and, and if it's not therapy, because people don't like the, the phrase therapy, there's specialists. Mm-hmm. And there's people, um, there is somebody in this world that is feeling what you're feeling. And it's not exactly like you're feeling, but it's mm-hmm. pretty damn close. <laughs> I see so, a
2: therapist and I take medication. So, you
1: know. What yeah. works, works.
0: And I was seeing a therapist until she quit on me, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. so.
1: I've heard about that in other episodes. <laughs> yeah,
0: quit on me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to her name one day. I'm going to mm-hmm. her name one day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I hope you can find another one at some point that also resonates uh, with you.
0: <laughs> it's bad because I kind of, I didn't want, like, I don't want to be prescribed medicine in our first conversation.
2: Honestly, mm-hmm. I think he gets what he needs through this podcast and the amount of talking <laughs> he does and advice he receives he is uh, the most level headed I don't know what the word is I'm looking for but I think he's alright
0: well, it, it a lot
2: of people come to him for advice and f- to him for like Therapy, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, if you can be counseled.
0: So I, I am good to talk to, mm-hmm. but don't everybody call me at one time. Yeah, I need a little bit of There's
2: sleep. So Fair. if
0: you if you call me and I don't answer, call Taya. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: amazing! Yeah, I think I think that's um, also interesting because like. While yeah, therapy might work for some people, one of the things I've been exploring lately is like community like support yes, as a way of like therapy, like a way of like working through trauma and getting to know grief. And I think um, that overemphasis on therapy has also taken away sometimes the value that community and just okay. yeah, sitting here and talking about it can be for mental health and grief. Yeah. Was, um, it's helped of, me.
0: I, I was trying to think of you know steps we give people so we know number one is to have a safe place. Find your safe place, all right? Y'all mm-hmm. agree. The number two is find your community.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: After you find that safe place where you feel safe and you're not at harm, mm-hmm. find your community mm-hmm. and, and do it because Taya says so. No. <laughs> and why you glad to go buy her book?
1: Yeah, maybe. (laughs) You want to learn more about grief? Yeah.
0: but we're we're definitely gonna get it right. But every author that comes up here, I need an autograph copy. Yes. So I don't know how we need to do that. We'll pay for it, but I just I need my autograph copy. Okay. I'll
1: send you the autograph copy for a a pillow.
0: the pillow. Okay. (laughs) All right, I I have to ask everybody eat that for us. Yes. So now you're going to a, a festival this weekend or
1: yeah. So in Toronto, there's like a literary um, kind of outdoor festival. It's free for everybody to attend. Um, and there are going to be a lot of authors and people, panelists, speaking about yeah writing and publishing. Um, and so I thought it'd be just kind of fun to get involved, get out there and share about my book, share a little bit of more about grief and share some grief
0: resources. So, yeah, I'm
1: excited yeah. for it.
0: OK, but go ahead great. and share some of them with our people, too. Yeah.
1: Got? So I think uh, like a lot of the um, counseling uh, centers in Toronto, I'm going to be talking, sharing about, I'm creating, I'm in the process right now of creating grief zines. You guys know zines, right? Like the little yeah. books, um, They sh- like it's an origami kind of style oh, book
0: okay, okay.
1: and it shares like information. You print them and you can mass produce them. They're free. Like you pick them up. Um, so sharing information just about that. Also, I'm going to probably for Asian Heritage Month, share some information about specific Asian um, mental health support systems and groups so that yeah, that identity. Um, and then like um, intersectionality can be captured uh, for people because I think that's something I'm currently still working to find for myself. Um, so everything that I have found, I'm just going to put them into a little booklet and I'll love to share them with you guys when I'm done them. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of some of the things I'm going to do. And. In um, the essence of Asian Heritage Month, I'm also making a bunch of origami bookmarks that I'm giving out. So. Oh, wow.
0: Well, it is Asian yeah. Heritage Month. So Go ahead. School us on somebody real quick. What you got for us?
1: I mean, I like, what do you want to know? Um, <laughs> I know, right?
0: Somebody you think I should know.
1: Oh, I, I try. I don't know if there's anybody I specifically would say, like, I idolize um, in the community. I think that there's a lot of really good... Uh, Accounts like Representation. And Representation just had a new kind of initiative started that's going to be called Blossom. And it's starting uh, to talk specifically about Asian mental health and providing resources for Asian mental health. So I'm really excited to see what they do because their representation um, Instagrams and uh, the people that are involved in that are really great. And they're always on top of the news that I like to follow. Um, And yeah, there's a couple of other creators and I can send you a list that you can (laughs) share if you want. (laughs) Yeah,
0: definitely, we will share all information. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, definitely, we'll have the links to your book and all that kind of good stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Um. But and so now, tell us a little bit about your book. I know you did it in the beginning, but give us,
1: you know, what can yeah. we? Yeah. So, so it's, it's a read poem. It. Yeah. No worries. It's a mix of poems and prose. So poetry has been kind of one of the mediums that I have found a lot of, um, like support and confidence through just by reading other people's work. It's short form. I like things that are very short form, accessible, digestible. I want to be able to read it and understand it right away. And I was hoping that I wrote that this book in that way Um, so that it's not academic or, you know, kind of inaccessibly written in a way that, you know, anybody should be able to pick it up and kind of get what I'm trying to say. Um, And so that was kind of the main reason behind mixing poems and prose as well, because people want to read different types of things like that work for them. And some people like poetry, some people like stories. Uh, So I did a little bit of both. And it kind of follows the um, events that have happened in my life and talking about my experience with grief. But I hope it's not just me sharing like my experience, my trauma, but sharing a bit more about what grief is for me, and a way that can help maybe someone else understand their grief and know they're not alone thinking these things about grief.
0: Right. You're going, essentially you've given them a voice.
1: I hope so. Or opportunity to like, yeah, understand their own voice and understand their own thoughts. Right. right, right.
0: So now yeah. I know you, uh, you talk a lot about like the Asian community. Is that something you recommend for someone to like find their community when it comes to, you know uh, like therapy and those kind of things?
1: Yeah. So actually this is something I'm more recently become like uh, interested in exploring because I understood that for me, like the intersectionality of grief is really important for me because I, and I wrote this book to talk about that specific nuance being young adult grief. And I was like, there are all of these kind of intersecting identity points that will feed into how you experience grief and what you you know ultimately walk away with or walk with with your grief and so for me i wanted to get to know a bit more about my culture and the experience of the japanese internment camps in canada because i would think and i wrote a little bit about this in my book that could have also played into my dad's mental health being a product you know of that community Um, and there is actually not a lot of work in being done or having been done about that. I have a friend that is working on it, though, um, like exploring the the kind of generational trauma that come out of the uh, internment yeah. camps in Canada, um, because that would be also just another thing that might help my grief to understand, like, oh, maybe this fed into my dad's decision, you know. And it is important, I think, in general, all cultures, all communities, all people deal with grief a little bit differently. And yep. even the way that they speak about it. Right. And so knowing that about yourself and knowing that about maybe other people is another way to understand your own grief, understand communal, communal grief. Um, and I think it would be helpful if you're seeking community to seek it, like within your identity to see, you know, maybe you have more shared experiences with someone and you want to talk to them about that. Right. Um So, yeah, it's been helpful for me to find a bit of a Japanese-Canadian community that is exploring mental health conversations, because I can relate to that a lot more maybe than some of my other communities. Um,
0: Now, is mental health something that people are actually talking about in those communities, or is it still kind of like a work in progress?
1: Luckily, I found a couple that are very um, mental health like advocacy and is like centered around mental health. But yeah, there are other groups that I take part in and communities that I'm like, this would be a really good opportunity to maybe introduce talking about mental health. Um, And I think that I'm lucky in Toronto, there is a lot of people that are kind of on the same wavelength as us. And, you know, mental health is health. It is important. It is it should be a part of our Conversations to as right. much of our capacity, um, and so I'm glad that I do for the most part have those communities. But I want to make sure that other communities can I also feel the same way. way.
0: And you know, we kind of co-sign with that because you know I feel like we shouldn't be miserable even on Earth. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's okay if, to look for paradise. You know, mm-hmm. what everybody's believe that's cool. But can we have a little bit right here too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now <laughs> we are. I don't know. Our world is going crazy, mm-hmm. and grief is a big part of the reason why the world is going crazy, grieving, you know, people are grieving people. They don't even know because of the way mm-hmm. things are happening. Well, so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and some people aren't able to process that, <laughs> you know? No. Like, and
1: people aren't recognizing when grief is becoming like a large part of feeding into their mental health. I think those like conversations and kind of what you're alluding to, like communal grief, the pandemic being a great example of the loss of people due to COVID-19, but also the loss of lifestyle and jobs. And, you know, there was a ton of communal grief and you can kind of see it, how it impacted the mental health of people. And now, I mean, I think people are focusing a lot more on it now that we have that kind of tangible example of Mm -hmm. this is what happened.
0: Yeah. I also think that,
1: there's a lot of residual grief, I think, too, from mm-hmm. COVID,
2: like the after effects and aftermath. It's horrible. I,
0: yeah. mm-hmm. Well, so COVID was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we even though we're on a heavy topic, right? We kinda wanna end on a little cool area. So we're gonna mm-hmm. learn some about you, okay? We're gonna learn a little few things about you. Okay. <laughs> Number one, who's your favorite celebrity? <sighs>
1: You're gonna put me on the spot like this? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh my goodness! What a new thing. We're, well, we're trying here. Huh? That is a really hard one off the top of my head because I honestly I don't know if I could say I have a favorite celebrity. Michelle favorite? O right now is really popular with you know all of the movies that she's come out in lately. That is really good. I, I also don't watch a lot of TV and movies, which doesn't help. <laughs>
0: Uh, that means I can't go into my next question.
1: Oh, what is it?
0: (laughs) It It's about guilty pleasures. Like, what is something that you watch and that you can watch over and over, but if people knew you watched it, they'd be like, what the hell?
2: I'm going to say The
1: Office for you. I've never seen The Office.
2: Oh, my God. I see see, um, uh, Michael on some of your TikToks, and I'm like,
1: he must be an office lover. No, I haven't actually seen The Office. I I did like Big Bang Theory in that genre of comedy and whatnot. Um, yeah, I yeah I don't
0: watch a ton
1: of TV. You know, what? I did love and I binge, and I probably would binge it again. In Sex in the City, um, the original one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually never saw it, and I had a friend who was obsessed with it, so I've seen like episodes here and there because when I was with her, I had no choice but to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I never knew what was going on. Mm. you know you gotta
1: watch it top to bottom i think
0: (laughs) and i was really confused i'm like i don't know what's going on i don't know why you're crying Mm -hmm. like what's happening
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know what's another good one is um mixed dish that one i recently watched and like i when i when i do i'm like i watched that one it's been on my list for a while and it's like the um the uh, part of Blackish and Change Dish, I think, but I watched Mixed Dish because I'm mixed, and apparently there's a lot of like there was a good it was a good representation for a mixed biracial community, and it was I really liked that one. Okay,
0: huh. and it was it's called what again?
1: Mixed ish. Oh,
0: mixed ish. Oh, okay. A blackish, but I don't think I've seen. it. I, see. I think I know what you talk about. So I haven't watched it yet either. Mm-hmm. I okay. We gotta get to that <laughs> for now. Uh 13-year-old Taya,
2: mm-hmm.
0: what color would you have described your grief at that time, if you could only <sighs> describe it with a color?
1: At that time? Red. It was red. And it's funny you ask that, because I have a poem in my book that talks about, like, emotions as colors and red is like in that um and in the theory that I learned from my therapist at the time was red was like angry and uncertain and anxious and I think that was my 13 year old grief for sure
0: and and what is it now what color is it now
1: blue (laughs) blue being kind of like calm confident um but still curious about kind of all of what's going on and the effects that it'll be. And the conversations that I'll have about this in five years from now will probably be very different than what it is now. So in like the simplest way you can put
2: it, what do you attribute going from red to blue?
1: I think the first thing was claiming the grief and really accepting that this was a part of me. And that, and then allowing myself, because I claimed it, except like step one, to work through it and work on it. And as I say, kind of befriend it. Like, I feel like I'm kind of friends with grief most days now. And I'm comfortable, you know, moving through life knowing this is a part of my identity. This is going to be like contributing to a lot of my experiences and how I see the world. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't mean I'm sad, but right. it's just a really interesting part of my perspective now. Right.
0: And, and your healing process and no one can mm-hmm. tell you what your healing process is. Right. Yeah.
1: We're all on our own journeys here.
0: <laughs> definitely. Definitely. And I think right. that's what, you know, it's like no two things look like kind of situation. And I think just in this conversation, we've seen that, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's also cool because it's everybody in between. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of cool. So now, like last question. Go ahead.
2: No, no. no. I was just saying I, I like
1: that.
0: Any questions you have for us? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, depending on how much time we have, I would love to hear a little bit more about Rebecca's grief, but I don't know if that's. Uh- <laughs> no, no, no
0: we fine. We, uh, we- sure. Yeah, because
1: yeah. I know that earlier in this episode, you got, you know, uh, you felt something when it came to when you're talking about your mom, and if you're comfortable, I'd love to hear kind of what you were feeling in that moment.
2: Sure. Um. Well, my mom and I, when I was younger, weren't very close. Um, mm-hmm. Because I had, uh, I have four other siblings, two before me and two after me. They were two sets of twins. So, yeah, my mom was pretty busy. Um, so I was kind of just all by myself a lot of the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, that's kind of why my birthday is so important to me as well. They shared their birthdays together. It was a big deal. Um, <clears throat> so I always made my birthday a big deal to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I got older, my mom started paying a little bit more attention to me. Um, I think intellectually, maybe I was just a little bit more ahead of my siblings. So she started paying more attention to me. And as I grew older, we, begot, we began getting more and more close. And by the time she passed, um, she called me her sunshine to my sister's dragon. And that just kind of resonated with me. My sister was very opposite to me. Um, She's very outspoken, very uh, direct, very loud, very brass. And I am more passive, more calm, more understanding. And so that was one of the last things my mom said to me. And so she and I she was always that person that I could call when I had nobody else or um sorry. <laughs> so um if I had to yell or scream or whatever, she would just listen and I just miss that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, I don't really have that in anyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, there are times that I find it difficult to even get out of bed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. No, never apologize. Um, I don't grieve the death of my dad um any longer i feel like i grieved him way differently than i did my mom um that was a long time ago that was about 16 years ago he passed mm-hmm. but my mom is just i can't seem to get a a hold of it um so my husband did a really nice thing for me this past mothers day he, um I've always wanted a bench near my mom's grave or headstone so that I can sit and talk with her. And um, he built a bench um, that we can put there. Um, Unfortunately, the um, cemetery doesn't allow those sorts of things. So I've decided to put her name on a plaque and put it on the bench and just put it out by like, it's in the shaded area of my backyard where I plant flowers and just have it there. It's kind of just a way for me to maybe go out there and just act like she's there and talk to her (laughs) kind of thing, you know? I don't know, but I, I just, I don't know how to, I don't know, get a hold Mm of grief, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: No, I I get that. I get like, to an extent, I get the not having that person to call that, you know, my mom also was kind of my, she got it. I could go call and scream and she'd get it and she said the right things. And, you know, that's kind of irreplaceable, right? It's hard to find somebody that's going to also give you that space and Mm -hmm. comfort And I hope this bench gives you a little bit of, you know, that that's missing.
0: Now, can we speak about this bench Mm -hmm. (laughs) Taylor?
1: Can
0: can we talk about this bench? Mm -hmm. She say I'm her best friend, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Why I didn't know about the bench and Crystal knew about the bench. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The bench me, oh, she over here in tears about this damn bench. And the first time I heard about it was from somebody else. But <laughs> <laughs> we supposed to be close.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You just weren't there. And number
0: two, like she was over here describing her sister, and I'm like, this bitch over here talking about me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You guys are kind of similar, aren't you? Right.
0: Oh. I'm like, flame. like, damn. Hold up. Say one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is about to be over. So you're, you're a, a, a dragon, name. huh? Right. I was like, damn, but they did say I got the fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Right. <laughs> <That part. laughs> but no, I'm really upset about this bench. So I just had to bring it up. I know it was insensitive moment, but we like have a three-way text. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna, gonna introduce you. Come on, Crystal. You gotta come in.
1: Yeah you see us
0: in the background. It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't
2: matter.
0: We <laughs> didn't put up a wall. She don't even know how to work the mouse. <laughs> so this is Crystal, Hi. our producer. Crystal, tell you. Tell you, Crystal.
1: Hi, Crystal.
0: Hi. Crystal knew about this damn bench. I did. So Rebecca sends a picture in the group text talking about nothing. She just sent a bench. So then Crystal's like, oh, he made the bench for you. And I'm like, why the fuck is she sending me a picture of a bench? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He made it. Oh, he made it for you, and I was like, "Yo, they've been talking behind my back." <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: Is there I'm a reason? I about to grieve this friendship.
2: No, I just. <laughs> we were talking about it. He wasn't there. I don't know where you were. I think you left early.
0: But it wasn't important enough for you to tell me about this. No, it I, was important. It
2: was. I don't know. It was the
0: same. Can I sit on the bench? No.
2: Yeah, you can sit on the bench. Okay. Yeah. No, there's okay. gonna be a plaque on it. But it's just, well, so there's a, just gonna be a little, little
0: plaque. Come on, mm-hmm. Crystal. Please
2: just her name on
0: it. That's why we keep Crystal off camera. <laughs> 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 because no. she come out with stuff like that.
2: No, you're so mean. You're
0: so mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to lighten the mood a little bit. Rebecca was over here crying. <laughs> and I really true. did think I made that all about me when she was oh, describing her sister. I said, yo, she's over here <laughs> talking about me. i love
2: my <laughs> sister to death. I do. And she's a great person to have in your corner when you need a tiger or dragon. <laughs> but she is. She is hellfire, I tell you. <laughs> but my mom just saw her as.
0: But you know what I think? I think that you found your mom with that unconditional non-judgmental person that you've always looked for Yeah. and eventually she became that and it's pretty du- cool that she died after she became that mm-hmm. so you can always remember that your mom was your best friend in okay. the end and don't have to worry or think about of course you got to think about it but not think about because you know i'm thinking about her now sorry but um <laughs> two sets of twins like maybe you were the one you know it's like the strongest one They always cast aside kind of thing. Like maybe you didn't get the attention you needed when you were younger because she really was so busy with the other four kids. Mm -hmm. When she could focus on you, she did. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like when she did pass, you guys were best friends. Mm -hmm. So if it's hard to see it any other kind of way, it's okay to see it like that. You know, Yeah. you know, you got to a place it could have been worse. You could have never got better. Yeah. You know, and that is not to minimize what you're feeling.
2: No. no, I get
0: it. I'm never trying to do that.
2: No, I but know.
0: But it kind of gives it a different perspective. perspective.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: it's like, wow, you guys, you know, it's kind of cool to say, you know, I was texting with somebody the other day and he was like, what you doing? And I was like, hang on my mom. And he was like, I wish I could still hang with my mom. And I was like, damn, that's deep. So I'm like, I never take it for granted. Trust, I, I never do. But he actually was like, he did really jacked up things to his mom. So it was like. He never got to repair that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, there are
2: times if I hear somebody uh, disrespecting their mother or whatever, wishing they didn't have to listen to their mother, I sometimes get a little angry. But then I remind myself, I don't know what their relationship's like, right. you know, so, you know, it's not f- for me to judge, but I still wish I had my mom to fight with, <laughs> you know.
0: But it's good that you're mm-hmm. talking about it. And it was very dope yeah. ass to Taylor. Yeah, it, it was. was
2: really. <laughs> I haven't talked about that part on any podcast yet. So Because
0: uh, that was kind of the reason I invited her on. Because I'm like, I am not crazy by myself. You need this, too. <laughs> so could you go ahead and um, come with my co-host?
1: I love it. You guys have done wonderfully. <laughs> it's been really nice. And I'm glad that you shared that, Rebecca, because I was like, there's something there. And you know what? It's nice to hear, you know, when people are experiencing that grief kind of live in the moment it's nice to hear what they're thinking and you know there's other people that will be able to resonate with that and i i hear parts of that and i'm like yeah that's i get that you know and it brings me back kind of to those moments and oh you know what we're not alone in this you know we're here together and we can we can get through it together
0: that's pretty dope as you opened the door that was closed for so long (laughs) so that was pretty pretty cool of you. Mm-hmm, so I yes. think I think you're going to do awesome in your field. Yes. People <laughs> wanted to contact you and reach you, how would they do it?
1: Um yeah, it's best. I have a website you can contact me there at uh, www.tamacado.com or on Instagram at TAMacato. Um yeah, I'm just going to be exploring more grief things and I'm also currently in law school right now, so I'm just trying to finish yeah. that. <laughs>
0: okay. I'm because I might need a lawyer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've been a little preoccupied in law school with the book, so
0: <laughs> it's not going to be that much trauma. That it's just going to be a little bit. Like I just need to get it off for like sixty-eight indictments. No, I'm just joking. Knock <laughs> on wood. I ain't even gonna play like that. I'm knocking on wood. Oh my god. <laughs> Knock on wood. Okay, I have one now cuz I was thinking about you ever had like somebody sweep your feet, sweep your feet and they're like you're going to jail. Have you ever heard that uh
1: I've never heard speak? that term actually.
0: I know, so I'm from Virginia and I guess they have weird superstitions, right? Um but one of them was like never sweep somebody's feet cuz if you sweep their feet, they're going to uh, going to jail. So like oh. when people are sweeping and they went past your feet, like people will legit fight over this. Like You trying to send me to jail? (laughs) (laughs) Virginia is weird. What are you talking about? Uh, Just like a superstition. Do you ever have like a superstition that you think of, or that you heard like your whole life, and now you think of, and it's like, what the hell is that?
1: I remember I had a family friend that like whenever they heard sirens or anything, they had to scratch while they were driving, scratch the roof of their car so that, you know, like nothing bad would come to them.
0: <laughs> a weird. Yeah. About <laughs> My mom is really big um purses on the floor. Ooh. Or on the bed. Do not put no purse on the floor on the bed if she around. Oh. You might get smacked. Okay. Is she from the old school? She's gonna smack now and ask questions later. Mm-hmm. So for a whole year, I've been telling Rebecca to keep her damn purse off the floor.
2: Mm-hmm. It's got me all psyched out now.
0: And then she's like, "Why?" And I'm like, "I don't know, but don't do it <laughs> because my mama is gonna fuck me up for letting you do it."
2: Yeah. You know what I'm one day I had a hat in the office.
0: This is the funniest story to me. So she has a hat in the office. One day,
2: mm-hmm.
0: she called. We our offices are like six feet away from each other. Maybe a little longer than that. But still, really, really close. She calls me on, like, our teams through a video chat, which we're now video chatting from the next office. And she was like, can I ask you a question? I was like, what's up? She was like, is there any Puerto Rican superstitions about putting a hat on the floor?
2: I didn't want to go breaking any rules.
0: <laughs> I mean, so now I got her so psyched out that
2: I couldn't just throw it on the floor. <laughs>
0: You well, know, uh, we thank you so much for being on and for spending a little bit of extra time yes, with us. Thank you. Um, I would like to have you back, you know, check in with you, see how things are going. Maybe in Absolutely. a few months, get you back and we'll talk about both of us. See what we both Oh, at.
1: yes, I would love to. I'd love to come back, chat more. Thank you so much for today. This has been really wonderful. And I hope that you all do really good things, your grief, everything goes well
0: Yeah, you as well and yes. and, and people just kind of as you hear and as you always know watching us we feel like you need to go get some if you don't think you have a problem you have a problem <laughs> <laughs> so and just find it find your community yes. mm-hmm. find your team it's like we're talking about you self-love can't nobody love you more than you love you That's right. so take the time to love yourself Find the help that you need. Deal with the trauma that you have so we can find peace, love, and like bring this world back to what it should be. And it's not what it is right now. So on that note, (laughs) we'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much for watching.